Good evening. Our top stories tonight. I have to figure out how this works once again. StreamYard continues to confuse me with their updates. But our real top stories, DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook, they need a landing spot. What about all these other running backs? What's going on with Tyreek Hill? There are so many remaining storylines for the NFL offseason that we are just waiting to figure out what's going on. And we've got the co-hosts of the GOAT District on here to help sort through it on Player Profiler today. You're mute. Happy to have both of you on the show. Very upset with myself at my StreamYard management skills today. JD and Dan Williamson all the way from the GOAT District. How's it going, my friends? Good, man. Good. We're happy to be here today. Yeah, absolutely. Really enjoy it. This is uh, this is a fun show. It's uh, news with views you can use. So There you go. Dan's a marketing guy right there. I'm going to have to start stealing that news with views you can use. Absolutely love it and love the work that you guys are doing over at the Goat District. Why don't you tell the people who don't know what it is, what you've been cooking over there? Everyone has to know at this point, but just in case. Yeah, if if you haven't tuned in on a Wednesday night on the Player Profiler Network, we're here every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern and we're bringing in the biggest guests. We're talking high stakes fantasy, dynasty, best ball, redraft, whatever the topic of the week is, we're going to dive deep into it. And then on, on the GOAT District channel, which you can sign up to on YouTube as well, we've got live drafts, best ball, high stakes with the Millie Billies, and we do some shows on there as well, diving deep and bringing in some big guests from the high stakes streets. Dan, did I miss anything? The podcast maybe? Get the guys to, 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 surprise, to subscribe to the podcast maybe? Yes, absolutely. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the uh, the YouTube channel. It's all good stuff. We're going to be doing We're going to be firing off a ton of drafts that we're going to be doing live. Um, you know, plus just all the, the great strategy and everything else that you want to get. Uh, because we, we talk to the best in the business. People who are actually out there uh, with tons of skin in the game, winning hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars oh, yeah. in prizes. So, you know, we, we, we get all the winners on. So we, we want to find out how they tick and how to win that cash for ourselves and for you guys, too. And you do a pretty good job of it, you guys and Theo Greminger as well. And as Harry Snowman says, all of his favorite people in a group together. Happy to have you on the show, Harry Snowman. And happy to be talking about these storylines alongside of you. But before we get to those, we do have a word from the Podfather that we have to pop in here real quick. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and 
to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing, and it's going to be well worth it. We are back, and we are here to talk about DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook wants to play with DeAndre Hopkins, but no team's really making that an option. Only the Patriots and the Titans are in on Hopkins, as we know. As for Dalvin Cook, the Jets and the Dolphins are in on him. The Jets could pick up the phone. DeAndre Hopkins isn't that far away. He's in New York right now just hanging out. But is there any chance that these two team up? And if not, where do they go? I mean, I'll bet against it um, <laughs> just just for salary reasons alone. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty tough to fit these guys in. Uh, they're going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be put on contracts. It's, they're going to try to hide as much money as they can, you know, and make it um, as cheap as possible this year. But, um, you know, you can usually do that with one veteran, but trying to do it with two veterans, there's just too, too much of a price to be paid down the road. So I, I think it's unlikely that they end up paired together. Yeah, agreed. I mean, one one uh, Patriots beat writer actually called it uh, a long shot, you know, with Ramondre there coming off of his thousand plus season, five touchdowns. You know, he's the primary runner there. Maybe if an injury happened, I could see it. We're going to talk about guys later on that I see a, a higher chance of them landing uh, in New England. But I think Chicago being the highest with cap space, 31 million. I mean, maybe Dan. Dan's our contract guy. I don't know if that's even possible. Maybe on like a one year try it deal. That's really the only, only situation I really see where they end up together. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Chicago just hasn't really shown that much interest. So, you know, that's that's why you got to think it's uh, that one's probably a little bit unlikely. And, um, you know, I think I think Dalvin is just going to go wherever he can get paid, uh, to be honest. Yeah. He's making he's He's talking all the right things about he wants to win a ring and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, left unsaid is the fact that, uh, you know, he just would not take less from Minnesota. Uh, so he he's looking to get paid wherever he goes. And that's the exact tipping point that we're at is if either of them were willing to take less money, then yeah, sure, they could both end up on the same team. But DeAndre Hopkins has made it very clear that he wants to be paid like Odell Beckham. Dalvin Cook has made it very clear that he's not taking a pay cut. So I don't see them ending up together at all. You got to pay for that grill, Jack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive. It's expensive having money. But where do we see these two actually landing? Is DeAndre Hopkins going to the New England Patriots? That's where I'd prefer to see him. Uh, I, I just, you know, selfishly, I don't want him to mess up Traylon Burks. But uh, other, yeah. <laughs> other than King. that, it's not a bad fit there either. So uh, that that definitely makes sense. But I'm, I'm hoping that it's New England because they could definitely use uh, somebody of Hopkins caliber. And it seems like a lot of times the only way they ever get decent wide receiver help is just by bringing somebody in like that. Yeah, and I mean, he'd compliment. They brought in Juju. They've got Gasecki in there. We talked about Ramondre. Mac Jones, I'm a truther, truther, excuse me, especially Superflex at his value. I mean, New England last year at number six in completion percentage, Tennessee outside of the 20. So with Burks there, obviously you've got a narrow target tree, which we like to talk about right then uh, in the GOAT district. But again, you're going you're gonna to hinge on Burks. Uh, and, and the quarterback situation in Tennessee is definitely not ideal. Yeah, yeah I, I really want it to be New England because, again, I love Traylon Burks. I love Chigakonkwo, and it just messes up that consolidated target share in a low-volume offense, whereas the Patriots, it'll be a medium-volume offense, but I don't care about any of those players losing targets. But at running back, I care where Dalvin Cook lands 
Because if he goes to the Jets, that hurts Brees Hall, and I don't like that. And if he goes to the Dolphins, it hurts Devon A-Chain, and I don't like that. If he goes to the Cowboys, it hurts Tony Pollard, and I don't like it. I don't like anywhere for Dalvin Cook or any of these veteran backs to really land. Do you guys feel the same way? Most definitely. I mean, he, he's just like a bomb that's ticking out there, um, <laughs> you know. And, uh, you, you know, some other guys, too, that I'm sure we'll probably talk about. But, uh, you know, all these veteran running backs sitting out there are just ticking time bombs because anywhere they go, they're going to mess somebody up. Um, you know, and we, we've all kind of made our bets in uh, Dynasty, and uh, we're, we're starting to get into redraft season. So, you know, people are, people are drafting those best ball teams and everything else. And, you know, if all of a sudden the Dalvin Cook bomb lands on the roster you didn't want to see, it could mess up a bunch of your teams. Yeah, and John Daigle was that John Daigle was actually on with uh, Alan and Theo yesterday talking about how from some reliable sources, and if he's you know his reliable sources are my reliable sources, big fan of Daigle. He's a, he's one of our most uh, most what is he most attended guests Dan, in the in the district. One of them, anyways, top three. And he's yeah, he's, he's right up there for sure. He's for sure up there. We get him on as often as we can. We respect his what he does, and he's talking like Brees Hall should be there week one is is what I'm hearing. If that's the case, and the Jets are confident in that. Back coming off of drafting Izzy and Michael Carter still being there, you know, able to to play in the pass game and and both aspects of the the backfield. I think that I don't see them spending on a guy like like uh, Dalvin. I see one of these other guys that we're talking about maybe landing there and more as a backup role or if an injury happens. Yeah, because the Jets do have Super Bowl aspirations. I think they're going to want to add a veteran. But you don't pay the top dollar for that veteran. You don't need him. You could just as well get Kareem Hunt in the building. And it helps your team, honestly, maybe a little bit more because you have a little bit more money to spend on other players. Speaking of Kareem Hunt, what about these remaining running backs? It's just a complete hodgepodge of guys. It's it's Cook. Where's he going to go? It's Zeke. It's Fournette. It's Kareem Hunt. All of them are just big, hairy question marks, and all of them could ruin a backfield. Am I right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, that's what you don't want to see. But on the other hand, you know, for for those people who've been uh, taking super late shares of Fournette and Hunt and Zeke, uh, you know, this is what you do want to see. So um, I I think that they're all going to land somewhere before the season starts, you know, but it might not be before training camp start. Uh, one or two of these guys might hang out and just wait and see who gets injured and who ends up having the need, you know, because they're they're looking for something where they can try to springboard themselves to one more payday after this, maybe. So, um, you know, whatever situations can you give them the most touches is probably what they're going to gravitate towards. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the same page, backup role. But my favorite guy to these guys, especially right now in drafts, whether it's best ball or redraft, is definitely Fournette coming off of an RB12 season, RB3 prior to that. Other than an RB33 in a season where he got uh, injured in 2020, he's been a top 12 running back every time he's got the opportunity. You're not expecting these guys to play their, you know, at the top of their game for a whole season. But like, like I talked about last night on the show, you want clean starts from these guys. So if Fournette's on a team and there's an injury – to me, that's like gold right there, especially opportunity costs when you see who else is going in, in that range in drafts. Leonard Fournette, I believe, is the only one of these backs that could actually be a bell cow, even for a short period of time. Zeke is not a bell cow. Zeke is Jamal Williams at this point. Kareem Hunt is a scat back, third down back. 
Dalvin Cook, obviously, he can be a bell cow, but he's just going to chase the top dollar. Fournette very well could wait until there's a situation that opens up and all of a sudden he's again a top 12 running back, right? 100%. Yeah, I think it'd be a stretch for top 12, but, uh, you know, he'll definitely make an impact. You know, think Latavius Murray last year. Uh, you know, he, it took him a long time to sign. And uh, then he, you know, he ended up going to a place where he got used a lot in Denver. And again, there maybe the chances aren't, Dan, maybe not as bullish, but the chances are versus the other guys in his range, like the Chase Browns, the Chuba Hubbard, the Kenneth Gainwells, Fournette, depending on where he goes and the opportunity, he has that potential of an RB12. Whether you you know think he's going to do it at, at a high percentage, he still has that upside, whereas a lot of these guys haven't shown that upside yet. Yeah, I think it is probably impossible that Kenneth Gainwell becomes an RB1 maybe for one game if he has a two touchdown game but that would just be a fluke whereas Fournette could actually see the workload of an RB1 in a short period of time or even an extended period of time he did it for quite a while last year just Rashad White forced his way onto the field and speaking of are we worried about Rashad White getting sewered by any of these guys or are you like myself and the podfather all in on Rashad White? You know, I think uh, Rashad White is a little bit insulated just because the, the team is so bad. Uh, you know, it kind of looks like they're they're maybe looking to, you know, do a soft tank here. Uh, you know, no NFL teams actually tank. We know that, of course, right? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they they look like they're, they're trying to hit bottom and uh, come back up. And I think, you know, Rashad White is probably going to get a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of work. But I think they are going to be looking at their backups because they do want to have some sort of a competent backup there. So um, I don't really see Fournette going back there, you know, but I could see him, uh, you know, making a low dollar play for Zeke or Hunt or somebody like that. uh, If, you know, if there's just no other market that's materializing for those guys. Yeah, I don't think I'm as high as as uh, player profile. I think you guys have him like in the top. 12 or something like that in, in running backs the problem for me is the offense and it's not like he came in last year in an ideal situation and just you know controlled the situation so i feel like he's definitely has a talent he has the the opportunity now the potential is there i worry about the offense the scoring opportunities and then like you said if someone comes in and steals some of those touches away ha- having said that if you believe in white i mean he's definitely going to get volume right in in that offense And so you mentioned earlier that you could see one of these guys coming into New England and messing things up. Which one is it, or is it just someone's going to end up there? I think probably it would be, I don't know. I think just someone. Uh, It's hard to say. Uh, Belichick is, I've given up trying to predict him. Uh, (laughs) I've I've been playing this game too long, and it's, it's really hard to do. So I... I don't think I would say, I would just say that, uh, you know, there, if, if they, he doesn't like what his backup options are, he's going to go out there and look some more. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I, I feel like Zeke ends up there. I don't know why. I just, I just feel like if, if there's somewhere Zeke can go and behave, it's with Bill and, uh, and, and have a bit of a role in that offense, not expecting to be the guy, you know? Well, I think Ezekiel Elliott is Jamal Williams. And before Jamal Williams, it was LeGarrette Blunt who played for Bill Belichick. So it, it scans. It scans across the board. And that would hurt Ramondre Stevenson in an annoying way because it wouldn't hurt the touches. It wouldn't yeah. hurt the receptions. But it would hurt the touchdowns and it would just ruin some people's Sundays. 
Yeah, I, I, and I do think Ramondre Stevenson is one of those backs that's, uh, you know, out, out of the backs going in the first three rounds, I think he's the one that's most at risk of uh, getting just absolutely nuked by a, a signing or uh, just, you know, the Belichick playing more of the backups than what people are expecting. PJ, PJ Kennedy, I would definitely give two firsts for Brees Hall. Yes, sir. You're getting a top five running back. Two firsts. No problem. I, I mean, he's probably a first in something, but at this time of year, I don't mind overpaying right now because he's available because of the injury, right? To me, it's not always about getting the price. It's about availability for some of the studs, and, and that's what I would do there. One guy we didn't talk about, Jack, I, don't, I know we're a little tighter on time than what Dan and I are used to, but Joe Mixon in Cincinnati, he's part of this group, right? These older guys, and he's, I mean, he's moved up. His ADP's moved up. I think he's in the fourth round now looking at FFPC. Uh, redraft tournament, the the fantasy pros. So his ADP is reflecting it, but I mean, he had a disappointing season last year. It's clear that he's that they're keeping him in Cincinnati. Maybe they read Daniel no more with the contract, but it might. It sounds like they're probably going to renegotiate the contract, play with it, maybe squeeze him for less money. But I feel like he's got that job there unless something drastic happens. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think um, you know. It's a little bit less enticing now to be betting on Mixon than it was for the past couple months. Yeah. Um, you know, there was some juicy discounts available for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, now it's... I'm trying to think, now, how far down did he go, Dan? Like six, seven, six, eight? Six round, yeah. I yeah. mean, you were you were getting him at like running back 24, 25, uh, which is, you know, just crazy because, you know, the Bengals just really don't have anybody else, you know, and... The, and they are they are one of the teams though that I would say is that um, you know Mixon might be at risk from Zeke or Fournette or Kareem yeah. Hunt or somebody like that because you know they just really they let P Ryan go and they didn't bring anybody else in they've shown over time they haven't really trusted Travion uh, Williams and they haven't really trusted Chris Evans um, you know so that's putting a lot on a rookie's plate with uh, with uh, Mike. Uh, why am I blanking on his last name? But anyway, Brown? Mike Brown. Yeah. Um, or, or Chase, Brown, Chase, Brown, Chase, Brown. Chase Brown. Chase Brown. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, for a fifth round rookie to come in and, and hold down a huge role, that's that's a little bit tough, too. So this is one of those places where I'm kind of looking at and I'm going, there, there may, may be another shoe to drop here yet. I was thinking earlier in the offseason when Zeke came out, because remember, Zeke got cut and he started saying, yeah, I want to go to the Eagles, the Jets, or the Bengals. I'm thinking, oh, he would actually be perfect in Cincinnati because he is still a good pass blocker, something yeah. Joe Mixon absolutely sucks at. And that's valuable, yeah, in yes. Cincinnati. Exactly. And so you bring him in. He's not really a threat to Mixon's workload, but he fits something he can't do. And then it turns out that, oh, that was just a lie. That was not true. In the slightest, it was just completely made up by Zeke and his agent to try and get some money. So that was disappointing, but it could still work out that way. I would be excited if it did. It'd be yeah. attractive to Zeke, too, because he goes to contender. You know what I mean? That's, like, ideal for him. Yep, totally agree. I think that's uh, that's that's a match that makes a lot of sense. Moving on here for matches that make sense. Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins, it seemed like a perfect match. They got Tua, a wide receiver one. And now over the last few days, we have all these questions because the alleged assault that took place, they the victim, alleged victim, has pressed charges. But as we know in the NFL, as we've seen with Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, the legal process moves very slowly. So 
Are we worried about Tyreek Hill in 2023, or is this a 2024 problem? I don't know if it stretches out to 2024, but I'm absolutely not worried. If there's any sort of a dip, I'm buying it. Yeah, that's that's definitely buying it. You got to remember the last dip, right? By, by the dip, definitely happened the last time. And then you didn't even get anything, but even though they had, you know, now they're saying there's video. I know Drew Davenport, I think, Dan, was it you that that, uh, that introduced Drew Davenport? He's, he's usually yeah. good with the fantasy, legal, sports, uh, you know, c- connections. So he's saying, as speculated yesterday, there could be more to the story. There's video. He allegedly rushed at the victim to continue the confrontation after initially slapping him. Hill has a history of violence, obviously, dating back college days. So it's not a good situation. But like Dan said, you can't be selling right now. Don't be, you know, paper hands and selling at a low price. If anything, Waddle's value, perceived value, will probably skyrocket, especially if this gets a little more serious. That's when, I mean, as much as I love Waddle, you've got the two uh, concerns. Maybe if you can shift over or pivot from a Waddle to like a JJ or a Chase or, or upgrade at another position, I don't mind doing that in the case. But don't panic too much with these stories because, you know, wait to see how they unravel. You don't want to lose any value on a big piece like that. Right. And and I think it was you, Jack, yesterday. If I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so they kind of run together. But I believe it was you that was saying, you know, this kind of is a little bit more like the Devontae Adams uh, cameraman push. Yes, it was. It was Jack. I heard yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> that was me. And it was what I said was it's like that situation without video. Now sounds like we be, could be getting video. But even still, this feels like something that people aren't going to freak out about. And if people don't freak out about it, the NFL just gives it a little bit more lenience. You know what I'm saying? I, I will yeah. add this, Jack. My, my favorite part of this story, though, when I was looking on Twitter was Rosenthal in the water and he's wrestling a shark. They're like, <laughs> they're like, don't touch the shark. Grabs it by the tail. <laughs> like, they're like, hey, Tyreek, you want to get in there? No, no, no. Yeah, Ty- Tyreek's smart enough to not get in the water with the shark, not smart enough to avoid all of this. But it, it, not, not as dumb as the submarine, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, I'm glad we're not avoiding Tyreek Hill. I don't think it's going to be an issue for fantasy football. I'm glad you guys agree. Is it going to be an issue in Arizona with their starting quarterback? Because right now we had a whole email thread today, me and the Podfather and Theo and Billy trying to figure out what's going on with Arizona. And we figured it out. Colt McCoy is officially healthy, but Mm -hmm. Clayton Toon could be Brock Purdy. And then there's Kyler Murray. And when I hear all of this, what I hear is, uh, this is going to be ugly for fantasy football, isn't it? it unless your name is James Conner, probably. Um, <laughs> Which we like. Yes. Yeah. He's going yeah, so definitely. late, I, 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 I am fully on board with Conner getting tons and tons of touches because I think it's going to make it easier on everybody else in that offense. But, yeah, this is, this is another team that's, uh, you know, kind of looking to bottom out a little bit. And I think they definitely want to see what they have in tune. I mean, there's just no reason why they would trot out uh, Colt McCoy. And I don't really think there's much reason for him to trot out Jeff Driscoll either. So, uh, you know, I think if it came down to, you know, Clayton Toon just absolutely can't handle it. I think it would be reluctantly McCoy going back out there. But, um, you know, this it's, it's a situation where I don't think it makes a lot of sense to play Kyler until he's fully healthy. And, you know, that they could hold him out all year and it wouldn't really bother me. I think it would probably be best for him if, uh, if they do hold him out because you don't want him uh, getting, you know, getting some sort of injury. That's just a cascading 
you know, injury from, uh, you know, how he's trying to protect his knee uh, after the ACL surgery. So I, I would prefer if, if uh, Kyler would just stay out all year. I think it probably works out for Arizona best that way, and then they can see what they've got in Clayton Toon. And that leaves the options wide open for them next year. They can they can go out and uh, you know if they've got a high enough pick and they they like one of the quarterbacks coming up, they can take that quarterback, trade off Kyler, still probably get a ton of money for Kyler or a ton of uh, picks for Kyler and be in good shape. Let's face it, Colt McCoy hasn't been relevant since you know what was it 2014 where he he was he gave you above 10 fantasy points per game. I, I mean. You know, his first two years, 2010, 2011, he gave you a couple, you know, top 24 uh, points per game uh, production. But he, I don't want any part of this. I think what the key thing there is for me, Dan, is go by Kyler, you know, like especially in Superflex. He's he, the, the whole offseason. He's been really cheap and it's not really changing because the news hasn't gotten any better. So before the news gets better, I would go out there and just, you know, poke. Uh, what is that? Kick, kick the tire on uh, Kyler. Yes. Yes, kick the tires, uh, especially if you're if you're retooling or renovating in Dynasty or whatever. That's that's the move for sure. Yeah. And so it's just James Conner that we're in on from the Arizona Cardinals. No Hollywood, no Trey McBride breakout. Love Trey McBride. Love one of my most okay. owned. Yeah, one of my most owned. Again, you're looking at short game, right? Like you've got bad quarterback play. You're looking at the tight end. You're looking at the running back for the run game. And that's pretty much it. I know Dan was huge on Hollywood. Uh, earlier in the offseason. I don't know if he's still like as high on him with, with the talk with the quarterback, but he's going to get volume. He's going to get targets. There's nobody else there. Yeah, I, I mean, Hollywood is just basically a volume play. Um, you, you don't love the, you know, the overall offense, and uh, I'm concerned about them being able to, con, you know, sustain drives and all that, but um, I, I still think Hollywood is the best bet for volume other than uh, James Conner. Okay, so final question before I get you guys out of here and let you plug the GOAT district one last time. 49ers starting quarterback. Does it matter for fantasy football purposes who it is, or are we just happy that they have three different options? And are you hopeful that it's someone? Well, um, yes, I think, it, I, I think you know, the drumbeat has been very consistently purdy. That's who they want. That's who they're going to start if he's healthy. Uh, the drumbeat has also been pretty consistent that they'd really rather have Darnold in there than Trey Lance. And I think that that says a lot. You know, there was some some hopeful news on Lance that he'd been working, uh, you know, to improve his throwing motion and, and uh, tighten things up and all that, which is great. But that says nothing about decision making. And that's, a, you know, that's a big part of playing quarterback. So. It, it just seems like the 49ers have really soured on Lance. I mean, you just don't say the kinds of things that the the coach and general manager were saying about a quarterback that you're expecting to be your starter. Uh, those are the kind of things you say to, you know, as a last-ditch motivational tactic to try to get something out of him. And uh, it, it just kind of feels like they haven't really seen what they want to see. So uh, I, I think it's Purdy. Um, if he's not capable of starting it's going to be Darnold and then uh, go to Purdy as soon as it can yeah agreed and, and if you were believing it in Lance I mean no better time now than to buy him and hope that he gets yeah. traded right in Superflex, it's probably not going to cost you much it sounds like Purdy's the guy but just to answer your question Jack I'm not shying away from any of my favorite three weapons in the NFL in Debo Kittle and CMC I mean they could have 
I don't know. What do you guys have? Donald Trump at quarterback and those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, is, that is a rough quarterback situation right there. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if he's in court. Yes. I'd, I'd love to see it personally. I think <laughs> Bill would still produce. It would be great. Hey, he could probably take a hit. Never mind. Yeah, well, he, 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 he would be very confident in his abilities. He's a sturdy guy. He could, he could yeah. hang, hang in the pocket a little bit. Chip on his shoulder. <laughs> oh. uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It has truly been a blast. Any final thoughts or any pluggables to plug before we get you out of here? JD? Yeah, no, I, I was just wanted to thank you for having us. And I mm-hmm. want to say, you know, you make this look easy being on a show by yourself talking for, you know, a half hour plus respect for doing that as, as often as you do, because I know for a fact that it's not as easy to a do a show by yourself, b talk to yourself for that long. Um, I, I bring in, you know, I have guys like Dan and Theo to talk to, so it makes it a lot easier. But uh, respect for doing this, uh, you know, as often as you do and the quality you're putting out, keep it up. Thanks for having us, guys. Go check out the Goat District YouTube podcast check out our youtube channel podcast and every wednesday nine o'clock on the player profiler network and, and i will just echo everything that jd said and especially the part about doing the solo jack i don't know how you do it because it's yeah. uh that it's stash, that really man. is a talent it's stash. you know this you know the power of a stash come on oh yeah yeah it's the the ron burgundy power but thank you guys so much you guys got me <laughs> blushing on the show you are too kind thank you so much for coming on make sure you check out the goat district And until tomorrow, we will see you next time. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you the people that get the site and get the show.